with another couple who was asking about it, but it's just so important to talk about balancing this career with marriage. There are so many things that are demanding of your time and your attention and your focus, but it's very important that you're prioritizing your marriage. may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Hartman. All right. So we wanted to say off the bat, out of the gates, thank you so much for all of your comments and reaching out to us. We had gotten just as a sampling uh, from one of our listeners had said, my husband's in the military. We've been having some struggles. I kind of stumbled across your podcast and it's been so helpful to us. And we thank you so much for reaching out to us and sharing that. Yeah, thank you. That's really encouraging to know that people are actually listening to this and we're just not talking to dead air. So thank you. And please, um, please feel free to, of course, subscribe and review and rate us. Um, that helps other people find it. But also, send us your reviews or your questions or your thoughts because we'd love to hear from you. And as we're looking at the next series of podcasts to record, we'd love to answer the things that are really important to you. What do you want to know from us? So please let us know your thoughts because this one actually comes from a friend of ours who had asked us to talk about this particular topic. Absolutely. So we're going to place the blame or the credit where credit's due. So Patrick and Daniela, who are pals of us that we met during a seminar in Texas, this one is for you because Daniela had asked us, especially of me, how do you balance a career with marriage? What is that looking like? So yeah, so before we get into the skills and techniques, let's talk about maybe some of the challenges. So share a little bit for the people who haven't been on the website or, or read the book, share a little bit about your career and where you're at and what are some of the challenges that come from that to help when it comes to having a thriving marriage. You got it. So career-wise, I'm an attorney. I'm going on 19 years in practice. I started my own law firm back in 2006 and I tease and I say it's Harvey Legal Group because we had our Brenda, our first daughter, um, in December 2005. So the law firm is actually named after her, Harvey Legal Group, because it's her last name, too. And I really enjoyed being able to get in there and help people. That's always been my goal as an attorney. I've very much felt called by God to be an attorney since I was in second grade. So that was a career calling that I felt very strongly at the age of eight. And it was an interesting thing because I always felt that I didn't go to law school to not be an attorney but certainly when you're married, when you have kids, you can't get that time back. And when I was in law school, I was reading some things when we were in our professional responsibility classes, and it had talked about, and this was referring to a male attorney, that he had a wife who was about 10 years younger than him, but he had been divorced and then remarried and that there were these pictures of his kids up in his house with their perfect straight white teeth 
but he never got to spend time with them and that they had all kinds of designer clothing and the most expensive cars, but he was never there to see them enjoy them. And he was never at his big, beautiful home to enjoy that because he was always at work. I mean, that's tricky, right? And I'm going to brag about my wife a little bit because not only does she have her own law firm um, and is doing an outstanding job making a difference for her clients, but she's been recognized by several organizations as being one of the top lawyers. She was a rising star when she was first getting her law firm going. She's done a lot. So she's really had a phenomenal career and has had to focus on that. And so because of that, it does create interesting dynamics on how we maintain our marriage and have a career as well. You know, it it certainly does. And we say all of this, and I'll talk about Brian a little bit and let him elaborate more in a moment here. You know, we're saying all of this to say, if you are in your 20s or in your 30s and so on, and you're saying, I am starting to build a marriage, I'm starting to build a career, I'm still starting to build a family, we've been there. If you've had a career that's gone on and now you're introducing a spouse into that, maybe you've been married and divorced before, maybe you have kids, maybe you're entering a second marriage, we want to make sure that we're helping you align your priorities because more than anything, we want to set you up to succeed. And Brian, just with your career, it's been really interesting because to an extent, it's been a dual career because you were in pastoral ministry for 20 years And you've also been a part of the Michigan Air National Guard, currently a senior master sergeant. You're up at Joint Fort Hess Quarters in Lansing. You had a great level of success during your deployment. And over this past year and a half, you were gone for six months of that time. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I could look at some of the awards you have on the shelf and and thing. And again, we're, we're not here to be to be bragging by any stretch of the imagination. We're just saying we want to answer this question very fully and, and let you know that we know where, where you are. Yeah, I've had great opportunities and great experiences. I was able to serve in a couple of churches in pastoral ministry and doing that and helping set up structures and organizations inside churches to build those experiences. And that was a wonderful experience. And also, in the military, as you know, sweetheart, but the audience doesn't, I enlisted just because I needed money for college. I did a six-year enlistment, and I chose the career field that had the most amount of college money for the least amount of training. And that was really what it was. I had no intentions of staying in the military. It just I needed money for college because I wanted to get my degree. You know, And 20 years later, I'm still in. 10 years ago, I thought I'd be lucky to retire at 20 years as a master sergeant. And God's allowed me the privilege of since then making senior master sergeant, so the next level up from master sergeant, and I've still got a long career ahead of me in the guard, God willing for that. So it's been a privilege to be able to serve in the military, to serve my state and my country. I was able to go overseas and make a difference in people's lives, hopefully building them up as their first sergeant while I was deployed. And yeah, I've had some opportunities and been blessed with some great opportunities. But likewise with you, that's created some interesting challenges. I mean, being especially ministry and the guard weekends, one weekend a month, I'm not available at all. That's true. 
um, then in ministry when I was working in churches every Sunday. I mean, it's funny how Sunday shows up the same time every week, and I always had something to do. And that's when the kids fight when dad's gone. So, <laughs> yeah, and I was I was involved in a church for a while that had um, Saturday and Sunday services. So I was gone all weekend. So kids events, I've missed baseball games, I've missed different things, and that's true of all of us who serve in the military. That's just a reality, right? You miss out on so much of your children's and your spouse's life because you've got to go away. One weekend a month, I'm gone, and then I was gone for six months. And I think that that's why this is really a subject that has to be discussed. This isn't just a conversation that we wanted to have with another couple who was asking about it, but it's just so important, I think, in our American, in our Western culture to talk about balancing this career with marriage. But the common denominator is there are so many things that are demanding of your time and your attention and your focus, but it's very important to make sure that you're prioritizing your marriage and that it's coming along in the proper order of priority. You know, the first week of my law school was an orientation week, and we kind of joked around about saying, oh my goodness, this is so overwhelming. We're having so much information thrown at us that it feels like a disorientation. But during that week, they had talked about the adage being, for a marriage, the law is a jealous mistress, of course, being an older adage where we were talking about the male lawyers. And I think that that's something where people can become very wrapped up in their careers and have that happen very easily. And it's important that the marriage is going to be that priority even over that career. And it's very important to also keep in mind that when you're prioritizing your marriage, it's going to look different than you might expect. Because of course, for us to be taking care of our spouse, taking care of our family, we need to have that kind of an income to be able to do so. So you do want to make sure you're doing well and you're showing up to work. You can't just right. decide, I'm, I'm just going to take many weeks off without it being vacation time. Well, for sure. The priorities have to be God, your marriage, children, and then your career. That has to be the priorities. Mm -hmm. However, one of the things I want to emphasize is as a couple, you need to agree that career success is family success. Every achievement mm -hmm. that I get is because my family supports me, but also it's better for the family. The family is more successful because of that. And same for Jen. Anytime she does well in her career, the better Harvey Legal Group does, that is family success. That is marriage success. Truth. We're succeeding. So while the priorities have to certainly be marriage above career, they do not and cannot be in conflict. It's not marriage or career because that career is part of how you become a thriving couple. The things that you do, the influence you have in your career, the fact that you're paying your bills and putting food on the table, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You can't have a thriving relationship if you're starving to death. You have to have air, you have to have food, you have to have shelter. 
All those needs to be need to be in place. And then when you have that, you can focus on those other things. That thriving career is a part of having a thriving marriage. And whatever your career is, it doesn't have to be a lawyer or a doctor or the the big careers that people look at. Whatever you do to take care of the family, when you succeed in that, your family is more successful. Whatever your spouse does vocationally outside the home, their success in that is your success. You have to agree to have a thriving marriage and balance career success and a thriving marriage. You have to accept that that career success is part of and essential to building that thriving marriage. That's very true. And you have to make sure that you're understanding the responsibilities that are going to come with the career and with structuring things for yourself and your family in that there are going to be sacrifices to achieve in your career. But at the same time, you can't have your career be an idol where you're sacrificing your family or your marriage on the altar of your career. In my mind, I see my legal career really as a ministry because I help so many people in that I deal with helping grieving families. I help with people planning for assets and dealing with money management and financial management to set up their families to succeed in the event that they pass away and make sure resources are appropriately managed. But at the same time, I have to make sure that in helping other people, I'm not looking at this career as something where I am seeking fulfillment and approval through that career alone. I get a lot of those things out of it and and I really love what I do. I'm one of those people who wakes up every morning and I I love my job. I, I love my clients. It's just an awesome thing, but I've got to make sure that I have my husband and my kids where, where they need to be just as far as priority is concerned. It's a means to an end. Mm-hmm. It can't be an end in and of itself. Career success, being in newspapers, getting promotions or recognition, that can't be the end of itself. What does that accomplish in the world, in the kingdom, but also what does that accomplish in the family? Well, I think that that's the problem too, because if you can't look at it as the ends justify the means, because you don't want people to be doing things in their career where they're trying to claw their way to the top, possibly for money, possibly for status. And uh, along the way, they're making all kinds of bad decisions that are hurting other people, including themselves, potential um, other co-workers uh, who are in, in their job or colleagues of theirs or their family. Or even the illustration you were giving at the beginning of this podcast, your family wants you more than they want your money. Your True. family wants you more than they want vacations and boats and stuff. Now, if you've trained them to think that expensive vacations and expensive clothes are more important, you need to fix that. Because it's easy to train a family if you're sacrificing them on the altar of your career. You train them to think, oh, this other material stuff or these other things are really important. Basically, what you're doing, though, is you're just gaslighting your family. Because what they really need is they need you. And while I was deployed and had to do that, what they wanted, dad to come home. Mm -hmm. What my son wants is when I go to drill, hey, dad, when are you going to be home? My daughter, when are you going to be home? And obviously you know when I'm going to be home because we talk about it, but you'd rather me be sleeping 
at our bed in our house than in some hotel up in Lansing. But we do that because that's going forward. The thing that most couples struggle with in balancing career and marriage really comes down to, I think, time. Because Mm -hmm. how much time are you spending on your family and how much time are you spending at work? And so the core issue for most couples is balance time, but there's no perfect equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's sometimes, I mean, there's sometimes for you where you're working up until dinner time, you come out and have dinner with us, and then you go back into your office and continue working. And it's not that you don't care about us, it's just that moment, that season. So then for me, my I have more responsibility to take care of the family in the evening and doing taking care of the kids stuff, but that's not always the case. And so it's not like there's this perfect, okay, eight hours here, eight hours here, and eight hours of sleep and you're good to go. And sometimes it depends on the the career the, and the job responsibilities that you have. And of course, there's been a big uh, difference that's happened because of the pandemic coming in, because Brian's going to be talking to you here about, you know, Jen, you're working up until dinner and you're at home. And as of this recording, I have not been in a courthouse since March of 2020 because it's all been virtual. And like I put it to my clients, I've got my my blouse on and my blazer on. I promise I'm wearing pants, but it might not be dress pants, right? Well, but even before COVID, though, you would be out of the office during the day doing stuff then you would come home at the end of the business day, but you'd be going back into your office and working and still have to work. So just because you locked the door of the office outside of the home and turned off the lights there, you've had to use your home office as well. It's not because that's just the season. Sometimes it's required. Right. But I also have the ability to to kind of shimmy my schedule around uh, to an extent because I own my own practice. Of course, if a judge says you got to be there or a client says you got to be there because you have a meeting. These are just things that that need to happen. But I do acknowledge that I have more flex to what I'm doing than uh, a lot of people have. And I think that that can go hand in hand with, as you're well aware, I will go to a to our kids' school to volunteer or even take an entire day to go on a field trip. But then sometimes I've got to do some things to catch up in the evening. So I think being able to to do that, as as my friend Pam in Texas puts it, that flex and flow with Jesus is just a good idea to be able to do if you're in a career to be able to do that. And it's really great to be able to be creative in that. Absolutely. But seasons change. Mm-hmm. So there are times when your career requires you to do all of that and you're working perhaps 12 hours. Like I said, it can't be eight hours of work, eight hours of family, eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's 12 hours of work. And then by God's grace, we can go on vacation, have 24 hours, 12 hours of family, then eight hours of sleep. But you can't have that seasons change. Oh, Remember? yeah. There there was a case I was working on in 2019, which I won't name, but it was this this really massive thing. And I was putting in a lot of hours. So that did mean some more income. So we were able to go on a trip. But I remember uh, on that Friday of of the trip, I was on the phone with my co-counsel for a little bit to make sure things were still being handled. But also that can certainly happen in ministry. And I I remember a, a season where you were the guy who was working 12 plus hour days. Oh, that was crazy. That was early on in Harvey Legal Group too. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of things 
I was working, we were launching a new ministry. It was a larger church that I was working at at the time. And I was working 12, 13, 14 hours. It was so crazy that I had one night, I was in bed asleep, dreaming about not being able to sleep. And I was dreaming that I was staring up at the ceiling, not able to sleep. And the only reason I know I was asleep is because you woke me up because I was snoring. Well, that happens. (laughs) (laughs) So, But yeah, and so during that time, I had, Brenda was an infant. Jonathan hadn't been born yet. And I had very little time with you, very little time with Brenda. And And your phone was blowing up because we had been on a vacation and that really took you away from the vacation. Oh, even yeah, that was something we were on vacation and something was announced while we were on vacation. All of a sudden I had to respond and had work to do. And hey, we've got to get rolling on this. How are we going to respond to this? What are we going to do that? It was constant data in and me having to respond to that. But it was a season. And I think that that's an important thing to acknowledge because the busyness You don't want that to be something that is for the foreseeable future, that it's always going to be like that for months and months and months and years and years to follow. Because to me, if that career is becoming so all-consuming, you're really entering a dangerous place for your marriage. Absolutely. And on the other end, though, acknowledge too, sometimes your spouse, their career expectations, there could be a season that isn't particularly desirable right now. But remember, Career success is family success. And like Jen said, as long as it's not, yeah, this season's lasted for the last 15 years. Okay, maybe that's not a season anymore. (laughs) We need to adjust. But there's times when, okay, this is what needs to happen. Yet even in that, you can still have a thriving marriage. You just have to be creative. I really like the idea of being creative when you're dealing with busier times in a career or in a family. And this could be dealing with extended family, maybe if there's an illness that's happening, or again, something that's happening on the career side of things. We'd worked with a couple some years back where there was a young woman who was newer to her nursing career, and she was kind of working the overnight shift, which is typical to the new nurses. And her husband was just trying to kind of learn how to be a husband at that point in time. And he was going out in the evenings with the friend group. And I really think that to set her more up to succeed and him and their marriage, it would have been great if he could have been bringing her like a quote unquote dinner or lunch to the hospital break room And they would have been able to spend some time together, even if it was a half hour thing that she was taking as a break while while she was eating. Well, that's what you did during that time at the church, though, remember? Mm -hmm. You brought me dinner when I was working late. So, And then we would take some time in my office. Brenda would be there and we'd spend time. Or they had lunch in the cafeteria area and you'd come in. And so we'd have lunch together. And that's just, you know, taking time, be creative. Okay, what can we do? Right now, we don't have time to we don't have time to get together to leave the office. So how do we bring that in? Or even now, because of COVID and different things, you've had been working more out of your home office. So we don't we don't worry so much about date night. Rather, we have a date lunch. That's true. So once a week, because co- I mean, one of the advantages question mark air quotes of COVID is, okay, 
Jen is working more in the house that I'm working in too. And then we can just be creative and do that. And then we don't have to, we can still spend time with the kids and we can move that around. But being creative and figuring out ways that you can spend time together, maybe what you really like to do is go to movies together. Maybe after work, you pick your spouse up from a 10, 11 o'clock movie. And before you go home, maybe you catch a midnight showing of the latest movie not during COVID, and you you bring a sandwich in the car and then do that. Or maybe what you plan to do is, I know you've got to get up early. I'm going to get up early so that we can spend some time together, maybe pray together, have breakfast together. Then I'm going to go back to bed So you and when you go to work. It's just about thinking outside the box and changing your schedule to fit the schedule of the spouse that's in this season right now. And I think another thing is, can the other spouse come along too. And what I mean by that is we we have some friends, my mentors, where he's a judge and she's been a corporate trainer who's now retired. And he was just slated with having to go to a lot of award ceremonies and, and uh, different bar association events. And she just said, hey, buddy, you know, I'm not your roommate. So what of these dinners or events can I go with you to? Absolutely. Another thing, though, that many people have to deal with is prioritizing the marriage when they're physically separate. Mm -hmm. So share, I mean, we just went through this recently with the deployment. Share kind of some of your feelings and experiences when I was gone, because when the person who's leaving, it's easier. You're, You're in a new environment. You're busy. You don't have, oh, I don't have to get home at a certain time. I don't have to make dinner. I don't have to It's different. It's harder, always harder on the person that's staying home. So share a little bit about your experience of the time when I was gone for so long and making our marriage thrive in that environment. Well, that's something where we were able to carve out time and you had the technology capabilities where we were able to do video conferencing a couple of times a day. So you were calling our high schooler and you were able to talk to her first thing in the morning. And then when our son at that time was doing school online and he was at home, we were able to connect up around our lunchtime over video conferencing with him and and me. And then in the evening, we were able to do that. And I think that military members that wouldn't have that capability, hopefully they're able to, I would recommend connecting if you have to do email, if you can do texting, when are you going to be able to prioritize and carve out times to be able to talk? Because there are different career fields in the military, different kinds of deployments, because you might not be able to talk to your spouse for weeks at a time. And we acknowledge that being able to continuously talk to your spouse, if you can, or be talking to others about your spouse to show that you value that relationship and you're prioritizing that and look forward to your spouse coming home. And when you're the one who leaves, you need to be thinking about your marriage while you're gone. It's unfortunately easy to get caught up with, especially on deployments where things are hot and heavy and it's there's a lot going on and things that you can't share with your spouse but even a corporate executive or someone who is working in a trade, um, 
A lot of the people working line workers for electrical, when power goes down in one state and they travel to another state mm-hmm. to deal with this, there's it's a lot of times you need to make sure that you're thinking about your marriage while you're gone and still prioritizing it. So together, talk about expectations. What is a reasonable expectation? It wasn't reasonable, certainly with the time difference and where I was, what I was doing for Jen to be able to pick up the phone at a moment's notice, say, oh my gosh, you know, our son just bumped his head and I'm taking him to the doctor right now. And she couldn't in that moment, but maybe where you are, what you're doing, maybe that's something that's possible. One time I was at a school and I was gone and Jen did have to call me for that. And I was, wasn't available in the moment, but I was able to call back right away because one of our children had been playing on the monkey bars, fell, hit their head on the ground. Everything was okay. But in that time, I was more available because I was in country. It was a school, so I was getting regular breaks. She knew that I would be able to get access to that right away. But when I was overseas, that changed. So what are reasonable expectations? And being very clear, hey, this is what you can expect from me. This is what I can expect from you. And knowing those things and being open. And then as those expectations have to change, when you get to the location, you may realize what I thought I was going to be able to do. I couldn't do. I encourage you to plan on the early side, minimum communication, and then, hey, it looks I'm going to be able to do this because when we first, I told Jen, hey, I'm probably not going to be able to talk to you much at all. So let's just plan on maybe once a week or something. Mm -hmm. It turned out to be more than that. The other thing is when you're the person that's gone, make sure you understand that you need to sacrifice while you're gone. So I was calling Jen at night before she'd go to bed. Well, I was waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning to do that. And then I would go run or sometimes I would just go back to bed and wake up later. Be prepared to sacrifice of yourself too. There are times like, oh, you could go out to dinner or to a social event with colleagues while you're at this event or you could have this special thing. But you know what? I've already been this many nights out and haven't talked to my spouse. So I'm going to sacrifice drinks or dinner with my colleagues and I'm going to order a pizza in the hotel room so I can call my family. You need to be prepared to sacrifice personally while you're away. And yes, you've got your responsibilities for your job, whatever that is, but you may have to give up some of the fun, some of the things that might be enjoyable to be prepared to meet with your spouse. At the same time, the spouse needs to understand you're busy and yeah, I'd really like to talk to you, but you know what? This time I'm going to, I am going to go out and go see a movie because I need this unwind time. And so manage those expectations, but be prepared to sacrifice to make sure you're still prioritizing your marriage when you're away. And I think for some of that too is sometimes when Brian would call me at about nine or 10 o'clock in the time zone where I was, sometimes I was really tired and really worn out. And it wasn't that I didn't want to talk to Brian, but I was just so wiped out. Sometimes that conversation was a little bit more difficult for me to have. So sometimes it was developing some of that understanding of myself. And when it was, okay, this is going to be helpful to Brian and myself ultimately into the marriage for me to have that conversation anyway. But sometimes it was a smarter thing for me to say, Brian, I am so burned out right now. And for today, you know, we're just going to have this be very brief because I, I just 
can't, I don't have that emotional bandwidth. I would not do that to Brian every day or successive days in a row. And I think that that was something that was fairly rare, but sometimes it's just, I couldn't. Absolutely. So communicate limitations, but also communicate needs. Because sometimes, especially military folk have this, this expectation sometimes, it's a cliche, it's whatever, that, oh, just suck it up and go on, suck it up and go on. Don't do that in your marriage. That's where you can start developing resentment. And it's like, well, I was deployed or I was gone away. I was at this conference. I was, I was at this factory in another country getting the start, whatever it was. And what you really needed that night was to hear from your spouse that they love you or just have them listen to you share what was going on and not unload in the sense of just verbal diarrhea, but I need a confidant. I need my closest friend, the person that I rely on the most, the safest person to share what I'm feeling with right now so I can work this out. In a word that I wanted to put out there for women who are getting into a, a career field, I think it's so wise to have mentors who are in that career field. And it's been great because I know women who are mentors of mine, who are friends of mine, people who I am mentoring now because they're newer in their career as female attorneys to see how they're operating and succeeding in their marriages and how they're succeeding with their children and in their families. And what are some things that I can adjust to be a better spouse, to be a a better mom with this? Because statistically, when both parents are working, it's still said that the wife is usually doing more around the house. And I think that as long as the spouses are able to talk and make sure that things are feeling balanced, even if they're a little off kilter, the important thing is to feel and have the experience that the marriage, it has those equal duties um, that are going to be out there. And the other thing that comes into play as well is you've heard, I think they've said to the the Gen Xers and the millennials and now the up and coming I generation, you can have it all. And my response to that is always going to be, if you can have it all, but at what cost is that? And you never want to do something where that career is going to be ahead of your family, where you're not prioritizing your family, and then you let your marriage and your family just slip through your fingers. And if you're either in a place where it's bad relationships or it goes to the place where those relationships are destroyed through divorce. And that's true for men too. Sure, you can have it all. What are you willing to sacrifice? Because the reality is you can only have it all in one area. You can't, I mean, if you're willing to sacrifice something else, that's a problem. Ultimately, you can have a thriving career and a thriving marriage. It is possible. You can make that decision. You need to remember that your marriage has to be the priority, but also remember that career success, agree that career success is marriage success. And then prioritize your time. Prioritize the time during seasons that are difficult. Remember, they're only seasons. They don't last forever. 
and be creative with what you're doing. Think outside the box just because it's not dinner at six o'clock around the kitchen table, around the dining room table. That doesn't mean you can't have dinner together as a family. Be creative. And then when you're separate, make sure you're communicating what you need and communicating your expectations and then working together to fulfill those and make that one decision to have that thriving marriage. Thank you for joining us on the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast. We want to be a part of God's plan for marriages to thrive around the world, and you can help us do that by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast on whatever service you use. As an added bonus, if you subscribe or review, you'll be entered into a drawing for a free copy of our book, Operation Thriving Marriage. You'll get an additional entry into the drawing if you share your thoughts on social media about the podcast with the hashtag Operation Thriving Marriage. We have another opportunity for you to help your marriage thrive. We are hosting a special intensive marriage retreat at the beautiful Richard Bush Renewal Center in mid-Michigan. This is an opportunity for us to spend time with you personally, developing the skills that will help your marriage thrive. We'll talk about enhancing communication skills, conflict resolution, and building intimacy in your marriage. As an added bonus, podcast listeners will receive a 10% discount. All you have to do is mention the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast when you register. This retreat is limited to only nine couples, so make sure you register soon. For more information, contact us at our website, operationthrivingmarriage.com. We look forward to meeting you in person.